1: Thanks for tuning in to Local SEO today. Don't forget to subscribe and share this episode. My guest today is Christy Harold, the founder of Sport and Social Group, and a finalist for 2020 RBC Canadian Women Entrepreneur Momentum Award. Thanks for being on the show today, Christy.
0: Hi, thanks for having me, John.
1: I'm excited because you're local as well. You're here in Toronto. And um, I know I, I spoke to your brother, so I'm excited to hear about your entrepreneurial journey. If uh, you can share with your, the listeners about who you are, what you do, and what do people know you of?
0: Sure, great. Um, yeah, so thank. I, I, um, I am, as you said, the founder and CEO of the Sport and Social Group, which is, um, we've grown to be one of the largest adult recreational sports league providers in the world. Uh, we currently um, get about 150,000 p- participants playing team sports on an annual basis in nine different cities in Ontario and Canada, uh, Ontario and um, the United States, rather. Um, and uh, pre-pandemic, we had 40 full-time employees, 350 part-time employees, and we had hit a number where we, were, we had had over one and a half million participants play in our league since we had started in back in 1996. Um Having said that, the pandemic hit us pretty hard. Um, our core purpose has always been connection through play, and since the pandemic, we've we've not been allowed. It's we're now in our twelfth month where we are not allowed to um, operate our sports leagues. So we, I think it was uh, May. By May, we had pivoted to starting a new offering, um, which. Uh, is connecting corporate teams through a new kind of play we're not playing team sports anymore we we will again when we're allowed but we are now running um, remote games and events to help corporate teams stay connected through play so our core purpose has stayed the same it's all about connecting through play and we've now helped over 50,000 participants since May of 2020 connect through the playing of remote games and events things like Name that tune Bingo and uh, Survey Says, which is like a Family Feud style game show or scavenger hunts. We've got five different escape rooms. We have a whole bunch of different events and games that we offer. Um, We've hired out of work actors and comedians to be our amazing hosts. And we're doing this. So we've gone from running this B2C business, geographically focused, to now a B2B business that's global. We've run events for companies in Thailand and India and um, all over North America, all over Europe. Um, and it's, it's amazing because we can connect companies that have global offices, they have, might have someone sitting in New York and LA and Toronto and London, we can connect them all for a very affordable rate, um, through one fun game, you know, a lunch and laugh, or a happy hour, and they can all have some laughs together and stay connected because play is, is really important um, when it comes to building good bonds and friendships and having a healthy culture. Um, So it's been really a fun, it's been an interesting year, a lot of challenges, but we've created something really positive from it with this new, um, this new business of jam and the the website for jam is workplayjam.com. So yeah, that's, that's who I am.
1: That's amazing, Christy, because uh, knowing what I know about sports and social club uh, group. I was a member for, I, I believe, five uh, years playing volleyball and basketball here locally when I was in my 20s. Um, it was a great way for me to not just get exercise, but connect with people that were also in the same kind of age group, but yeah. wanted to play and exercise and have a social network, right? Uh, So I met some really good people along the way, and I still connect with them today. So I know you've been doing a great job at what you've been doing. So I'm very proud of what you've built.
0: Thank you. That's so it makes me so happy to hear when people have played with us and have created relationships and friendships. And that's the power of play. Um, When you play with people, you do form really strong bonds, whether it's playing um, Ultimate Frisbee or beach volleyball together, or whether it's playing a game of bingo or having a scavenger hunt with your fellow colleagues over a Zoom call, um, play is really powerful. It's, it's an incredible, um, I'm a big believer, you know, the saying, a do- an apple a day keeps the doctor away. Well, I believe play each day keeps the doctor away. I think it's a really important, healthy thing that we need to make time for in our lives.
1: Amazing. So I know... Um now you're busy with this business, but maybe if we can take a step back in your journey. Um, I, I know I spoke to your brother as well, Cameron. Uh, great story and very similar upbringing, I'm sure, for you. Yeah, Entrepreneur- yeah we
0: were raised yeah. in a pretty entrepreneurial household. <laughs>
1: um, but what, what happened afterwards? Like, did you go to school? And if you don't sure. mind sharing with the audience member a little bit about your journey.
0: Yeah. um, So uh, we grew up in Sudbury. Um, Our dad was an entrepreneur. And so we all sort of dabbled in running our own little businesses growing up. Um, We had to work for what we wanted in our lives. We had to pay our own way through university. So we knew we had to save money for that. Um, So I ended up going off to Queen's University. Uh, I had... um, to study commerce, because I thought that's what you did when you wanted to run your own business. I knew I wanted to run my own business. So I thought, oh, I better go do a business degree. Um, The very first day of intro to biz class in my first year of commerce, the professor asked who in the class intended to run their own businesses one day. And I put up my hand thinking everyone was going to. And there was myself and one other person in a class of 200 people that put up their hand. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I think I'm in the wrong place. Um, Anyway, I ended up doing a commerce degree at Queen's. And after first year university, the Dean of Commerce called me into his office and he said, you know, your marks have gone down a lot since, uh, since you began here. It looks like you're on the ski team and on the rowing team. I think because you're on two teams, it's showing that you can't, you're, you're not able to handle both. Your marks aren't, aren't very good. And I said, you're right, sir. I will next year, I will just do the ski team and I'll drop the rowing team. And he said, okay, I think that's a smart move said goodbye, walked out of his office, and I was laughing to myself. What he didn't realize was I was running two businesses while I was in university. So my ski team and rowing team had nothing to do with my poor marks. Um, it was the fact that I was running two real life businesses. I was running a college pro painters franchise, and I was running a custom clothing business selling sweatshirts and baseball hats to kids on campus. Um, suffice to say, I kept running my businesses, and I did very well with them. They paid my way through university and got me a down payment on my first house. And um, my marks never improved. I was not a very good student. Um, I was more a student of real life business experience than I was commerce. So after university, uh, I left Kingston and moved back to moved to Toronto. And I'm, so I'm now a small town small town girl living in the big city. Um, and I was looking to meet people and, and I thought maybe I could join a soccer league, even though I wasn't a very good soccer player. I just liked to play sports. Uh, and anything I looked into was really competitive. And I'd heard about this a sport and social club in San Francisco. Um, and so I thought, hey, maybe that's something I could try in Toronto. And um, so I left my my job at the time. I had done three years as a franchisee with College Pro and I'd been working for one full year as a general manager for them. Um, and and it wasn't working as a general manager. Didn't have the entrepreneurial spirit that I wanted in my life. So I made the decision to leave College Pro and start Sport and Social in 1996. And in that very first year, we had 250 teams um, play a variety of five different sports over that first year. And then fast forward, um, I guess for the for the next 10 years, I sort of was focused on very local growth. I wasn't looking to expand at all. I wanted a lifestyle business because. I also had three children in that next ten years between 2000 and 2004, um, so built up a nice, great team of people who were making the operations run smoothly, and we just had nice, steady growth by by delivering good word of mouth. Or sorry, good good customer service was helping us build our business through word of mouth. We weren't really focused on building a brand, um, and we stayed very local. And then the next 10 years from sort of 2006 to 2016, I stepped back and had my team was doing a great job and I was very part time. I pursued some passion projects, started a community musical theater group connecting people through playing on stage. And we raised over half a million dollars for charity um, with that, with those musical theater groups over the years, which is something I'm really proud of and have had a lot of fun doing. But by 2016, I was bored and needed change because it was now 20 years into this business. It was doing well, um, but I needed something different. Um, and I was trying to figure out what am I most excited about? What what gets me feeling excited to, to what's the legacy I want to leave? Um, and at the time, we had about 70,000 annual participants playing in the Sport and Social Club uh, League. And I thought... Imagine if we could get a million people playing every year, that would be something to be super excited about. So I, that became the new vision in 2016 was to really grow and expand. So since 2016, we've done um, eight acquisitions of smaller leagues. Um, we're now, as I said, in nine different cities across Ontario and Michigan. And um, we were, before the pandemic, we were getting about 150,000 people playing. And we're going to go back to, we're going to go back to, to um, getting people playing again as soon as we're allowed. In certain cities we are actually allowed, um, but like in Michigan, but we're not uh, we're not operating in most of our Ontario cities. Um, and so we'll get people playing sports again, but now we've built Jam, workplayjam.com. And to, it's exciting to me to think in our first year, it looks like we're gonna hit seven figures in revenue. Um, our NPS score is 80. Which is amazing. Like people are absolutely loving what we're doing. Over sixty-five percent of our clients have booked multiple events with us. Um, and so, if we've gotten fifty thousand people connected through play in our first year, I believe we'll as as we are able to open up sports again, we're going to get in the next three years. I'd like to get a half a million people playing annually, and by the next six years, get a million people playing annually. That's that's the long term vision for but you know playing both sports and in jam remote events, helping organizations like yours where you're working remotely um, stay connected playfully. So
1: I I love that. I mean, and that's the biggest purpose, right? Like for you, it's not, it's about connecting people. Yeah. And, you know, for you to to know what you want and see more of a legacy where you're making a difference in people's lives, right? By connecting people. Um, Yeah. So powerful. I love it.
0: Some of the stories we have, John, from our sport and social, I mean, it sound like, sounds like you've made some friends that are going to be lifetime friends, which is awesome. And that's, that's so common to hear. We also have, you know, thousands of people have met their spouse, their life partner and had babies because they met playing dodgeball or they met playing basketball or soccer. Um, and we've had people, we've had three of our members get our logo tattooed on their body yeah. because they, their life changing experiences from playing in our leagues. And one story always, it makes me tear up every time I think of it, I got, we got an email about five years ago from a member who advised us that she said, your leagues have literally saved my life. And she explained that she'd moved to our, to the city of Toronto, didn't know a lot of people, was feeling really lonely, sad, depressed, anxious. Um, a colleague invited her out to join a soccer team. She wasn't a great soccer player, but she kind of was like, you know, in the depths of depression and figured I've got nothing to lose went out and made a ton of new friends playing recreational soccer and um she said you know this this saved my life which is just incredibly touching i've had people tell me they've lost one guy has lost i think about a hundred pounds because he just got all in on playing sports with us and it really helped him change his lifestyle so there's just so much positive that happens from the connecting through team sports and now um, it's amazing to hear the impact we're making on corporate culture. People are just saying how much fun they're having when they take a break for an hour, jump on a Zoom call. It's not a, it's not a long drawn out meeting, and it's they don't have to do anything except show up. And then our hosts entertain them and connect them through playing of games, and they get we get them laughing and kind of it's good team building. And so we're just it, it's an all round positive impact, which makes it really easy to get up every day and get excited about the work we're doing.
1: I I love that because you're making a difference, definitely. And you're building a huge community of people that are like-minded. So it's similar interests, right? Let it be sports, let it be online games, let it be play, right? Yeah. You never know what's going to happen. And like you mentioned, there's weddings that happen, children, there's, you know, depression. I love that because Making a difference is what I resonates with me. Like, I'm a big believer of giving. Adam Grant's, you know, give, take. Yeah. Being there whenever people need assistance. Like, don't push people, but when they're ready, they're going to reach out.
0: Be there and to serve, right? Yeah.
1: you there to serve and constantly just be aware that you're here to serve a purpose, right? In life. Yeah. You have a bigger purpose and vision, so I love that. Yeah. Um, in terms of like growing up, I know your your parents were entrepreneurs. Did they give you a lot of like advice, um, or was it more like people that surrounded your you? you? Like, how did you get into entrepreneurship?
0: Sure, um, yeah. Um, so my mom was not an entrepreneur. She was a homemaker. She was a trained nurse, um, but m- most of my growing up, she was a homemaker and amazing at it. Like I kind of grew up wanting to be a a mix of both my parents because they were both such awesome role models for us um my dad was definitely the entrepreneur I remember very clearly he he never um I don't think he preached as, as much as he led by example and he, and I am very curious by nature so I asked a lot of questions I remember one dinner table conversation asking my dad how much money do you make and how much money does your business make and my mother was horrified and she said Christy we don't we don't talk about things like that. And my dad said, well, wait a second, Judy. Yeah, we do. We have to talk about this, this, how else do we expect her to learn? Because they're not going to teach her this in school. And I I guess he felt like I was probably at an age that I could be responsible enough that I wasn't going to be blabbing it around. You know, I I think I was probably 13 or 14 at the time. Um, And so he walked it through with me. And another time I remember I was 15 and I started a lawn cutting business and I didn't, I didn't have a driver's license because I was only 15. So I made pamphlets with, I drew out pamphlets and my dad would, they would help support us however they could. So he took my little drawing and he took it to his office and he photocopied me like a hundred copies of my little pamphlet. And then I went door to door in my neighborhood, anywhere that I could walk to and I delivered the flyers and I ended up getting about 20 customers and, um, and I'd spent my summer walking, pushing my lawnmower to my because I didn't have a car. I, you know, I would push it around and and I would cut people's grass, and, and I kept clear track of how many how many hours I spent and how much money I made. And at the end of the summer, I kept this little you know handwritten. It was my it was a spreadsheet effectively handwritten, um, and I showed my dad. Look, I, I did this mon- many hours of work, and this is how much money I made. And and he said he um he stood back and watched me, and he said. That's fantastic. I'm really proud of you. And you know, how does it feel? Whatever. Then he said, have you ever thought about how much more you would have made if you had someone working for you? And I was like, I don't, I don't understand. How would I have made more money if I, if they're working for me, then I'm, I have to pay them. And he said, no, well, what happens, Christy? And he explained that if I'm charging $15 an hour to a client to cut their grass, and I'm paying a student, you know, back then, I think I was probably paying $5 an hour to a a grade nine boy to cut grass with me. Um, He said, you know, if you're charging 15 and you're paying an employee five, you're making $10. And I I was like, oh my gosh, I'm making a full 15 on myself and I can make 10 off. of." I I actually think it was 15 and seven. So I think I was making about seven off of, you know. Um, And so it was like the, the, uh, like light went off, light bulb went off for me. So the next summer I hired two, boys to work with me and I actually got my driver's license and we got so we were able to go and get further clients um so that's the kind of way my dad would teach and another time I remember when I was running college pro my very first summer I had half of my painters I had I think I had eight painters four of them quit by they would they'd work May and June and I needed them to August four of them quit on me by the end of June and I was like oh my god now I have to start hiring again I have to train them again and I talked to my dad about it. I was really frustrated, and he said, "Have you considered that it might be how you're how you're approaching working with these employees?" And I was like, well, "What do you mean?" He said, "Well, you know, have you have you shared with them what your goals are? Are you are you looking to get them on side? Are you incenting them with bonuses, or or are you being a bit of a dictator?" And I was like, "Oh, yeah, I think I'm being kind of bossy. Like I'm telling them what to do, and I'm not." I'm not really incenting them to help me get to my goals, and and so he was kind of he opened my eyes to maybe having a shared goal with my team, and um and the second half of the summer it was so much better, and I was I started bringing treats to them on the job site. I'd drop off popsicles and pop and little things that didn't cost a lot, but showed them I cared about them. Um and those same group of painters that I had for the second half of that summer stayed with me for the next two summers after that, and what a difference it makes. When you've got a shared vision as a team, you know, so he, my dad was really inspirational to me. He taught me a lot just by asking questions and kind of pointing, just building awareness around different ways of doing things. Um, and definitely instilled an entrepreneurial spirit in, in all of us. My other, both my brothers are, are entrepreneurs as well. That's amazing.
1: I, I love that because um, having someone that close to you, being able to give you advice, honesty, transparency, and giving you support along the way, as opposed yeah. to, um, yes, you're going to fail, you're going to make mistakes, but how do you learn, right? That's the only yeah. way to learn by making mistakes. So yeah. that's entrepreneurship. And without that, I mean, I don't think you would be the person you are today, right? Like,
0: oh, for sure. Yeah, I would be the worst employee. Like I, I'm, I'm definitely not, not cut out to be anything but an entrepreneur, I think.
1: <laughs> that's amazing. So over the years, um, as you've, grown your uh, company, um, were there people along the way? Were there um, groups or people that supported you? Did you go through mentors along the way, masterminds, uh, courses, coaches? Like, because as you evolve, as you grow in the business, when you look at a bigger vision, the legacy of yours, Mm. um, were there people that supported you along the way? Oh
0: yeah, absolutely. I think um, early days I relied on my dad a lot. It did. I remember kind of pretty clearly getting to a point in my mid thirties when I thought, I think I've kind of outgrown my dad's advice now, which was interesting. And I, am still very close. Um, We're still very close, but I don't really talk to him about business uh, as much anymore. Um, And I sort of moved into a phase where uh, my brother Cameron, um, was, has always been, he, I mean, he's a coach of, you know, he's a business coach and has been for many, many years and he's a wealth of knowledge, written lots of books. And I mean, he's, he's pretty incredible. Um, so he's been a fantastic resource, mentor, support, ass kicker. He kicks me in the butt all the time. Um, and he's, you know, he, I know I'm going to get candid feedback from him. He doesn't, he doesn't pull any punches, that's for sure. Um, Early days, I also remember getting shut down. I had I went and talked to a very successful businessman, and um, he was the friend of a father, uh, the father of my friend, a close friend. And I was excited to share my idea for sport and social, and um, I shared it with him. I'd walked into his, his downtown Toronto fancy building, and I, I was just getting ready to start the sport and social club, and I shared my idea, and he sort of scoffed and said, "No, that this won't work," and here's why. And he had these reasons, and. I was like, wow, really heartbroken by it. And I, I remember walking out of his office and taking the subway home and I thought, you know, I, I, I don't agree. I'm I'm not, I still think this can work. I really believe in what I'm going to do here. And, and so that kind of spurred me to almost prove him wrong. And I've, I've never had a conversation um, with him since, um, but I will never forget that, that conversation, but also early days, I had other sort of more experienced businessmen um, who really, supported and loved what I was doing. I remember Pete McCaskill um, was such a support early, early days, like the first year of running sport and social club. He was the lead on the Gatorade. They, they ran the Gatorade account, um, like all the uh, experiential marketing and he loved what we were doing. And he's been a support ever since. Um, and, and same with Jim Sanderson from Wilson sports. Um, they, they came on board as a partner before I even had people signed up to play sports. So there've been amazing people um, early days. And then, Um, my team is amazing. Like every step of the way we've had culture is really important to us. And I think we've worked really hard to have a group of people that really complement each other. Our core values are strong and we're all about teamwork and delivering what we promise and getting shit done. I mean, those are, it's a, it's a team who's driven to provide great service. Um, and so I really, I'm fortunate to have such a good team of people. And then in terms of, um, other networks and such. I did join EO in the entrepreneur organization. I think it was in 2013. I went to the, I did the entrepreneur master's program at MIT. And, and then after that, it, it was a lot of EO people, mostly EO people. And so I joined EO after that had an amazing group of um, forum mates there um, and was in that forum group for about three years and then left the forum. But I, um, I'm now in a different forum, uh, not through EO anymore, but um, a group of business entrepreneurs that I meet with once a month. I also meet with a group of women entrepreneurs uh, once every six weeks. And then I'm in the Mastermind Talks group, which my friend Jason Gaynard started, um, that has just an amazing network of awesome people. And we tend to meet in person once a year, but we have a, uh, when we can, we didn't get to this past year. Um, And we have a Facebook group that we share you know, you ask and you share and you give, and it's all about trying to help each other out as a group of entrepreneurs. And it is a powerfully, it's just so positive and powerful, this group of amazing, amazing people that you can kind of ask for help from and give to. And um, so definitely a lot of resources. I think network is so important because it's good to be able to give back as well as ask for help. And I am not shy to ask for help.
1: That's for sure. And that's a big thing, like acknowledging where the gaps are, acknowledging yeah. where you're at in terms of your journey, right? As an entrepreneur, early stages, very lonely. And you feel like you're spending, spinning your wheels, not sure what's going to happen. Yeah. But as you mature, as you've been in it for many more years, cultivated a team, values, lifestyle, like all these things, then you have a more clarity. You're, you have a better vision
0: right? Yeah, absolutely. And you, you know, you're right, like there, are an entrepreneur, you can't know it all, you've got strengths, right? We all have strengths, and we all have weaknesses. And there's, and so um, I'm never, I'm never too shy to sort of, I actually love being the dumbest person in the room, because I love surrounding myself with people way smarter than me. So I can sort of learn from and ask, you know, before I'd done these acquisitions, I knew nothing about mergers and acquisitions. In fact, the words mergers and acquisitions when I was in finance class in university used to make me feel nauseous. Um, And so when I decided to grow the company by doing acquisitions, I was like, I don't even really know what this is all about. I spent a year going out for breakfast, lunches, after, after work drinks with people who would, whoever would meet with me to, to explain the strategy of doing a roll up, to explain the strategy of, you know, buying smaller groups and, and, you know, get the economies of scale being, you know, getting um, smaller groups all under one. Um, it, and it, it was really helpful because I knew nothing about it. And, and I still ask people all the time for help on this, that and the other thing. Like, I, I'm a big believer in ask for help. Um, and and then I'm always willing to give it too whenever I can.
1: But I love the fact that you're not just vulnerable, but you are ultra curious and you are an action taker. There's so many people that are passive. They're waiting for things to happen. They're waiting for the next big idea to happen.
0: Yeah. It's a pro and a con. I mean, I think some people in my life are a little too like, could you relax already? Because I, w- <laughs> I think I, I want everything. When I decide I want something done, I want it done yesterday. yesterday yeah, um, yeah. And I'm a bit of a dog with a bone. You know, my, <laughs> my husband would... Would sort of suggest that, like, when I get something in my head, um, I don't let go very easily. Um, it's <laughs> definitely, get shit done is is one of our core values, and I'm definitely an action taker for sure. It, it, it's a positive, but it can be a negative. I've got to, you know,
1: but you about. have to surround yourself with like people that um, are real with you, right? Yeah, and they're gonna speak the truth. They know you. Yeah, and that's what you know. Building a team like you've built and People that you respect and they respect you, and this is life. Relationships that matter is what really it's all about in terms totally. of business and life, right? Our
0: CEO, my CEO, is Rob Davies. Has he's he started playing in in our sports leagues in ninety seven or ninety eight? He actually met his wife playing through our leagues. Nice. He applied for a job with us in nineteen ninety nine. And um, he's now a business partner. He's so I've been working with him for about 21 years. I think of him like a little brother. Um, but Rob is—we always joke—he's—he's he's the I'm the gas pedal and he's the brake. Yeah. Um, it, very much the sort of visionary integrator relationship we have. Like we we sort of joke that I'm lightning and he's thunder. I go around and strike hard, and he kind of is the thunder warning people that I'm coming. Um, but uh, but we have a really good. He's the one who. He can be really candid with me and, you know, he, he always jokes. You've got 10 ideas a day and occasionally one of them is good. Most of them aren't so good. And he's he's never afraid to, uh, to tell me when they're not good, which is great.
1: But that's what you need, right? People yeah. that ground you to a level like think about what you just said. Yeah slow down and yep. I'm the same I'm the same way as you right like are you? At 3 a.m I would wake up with a bullet note, task list of notes with ideas and I would blast it off to certain people on my team and they're like what are you doing waking up at three? First off and why are you <laughs> coming up with all these yeah. but that's because we're entrepreneurs by by spirit right like these yeah, you can't
0: control it it's who you are right yeah do you keep, do you keep a, a pen and paper beside your bed with, or do you type um, notes in your phone? When I you would see?
1: wake up and I would start taking notes and then I would open a calendar. I would start writing notes and messaging people and they think I'm crazy. But.
0: <laughs> my dad, when I remember as a kid, my, my mother got so frustrated by my dad waking up in the night and having ideas and turning the light on. She bought him a pen that had a light in the pen. Nice. So he yeah, could yeah. write his ideas on a pad of paper and not wake her up. And so actually, I've been, I've been getting up and when I get my ideas in the middle of the night, and I would type things on my phone, but it's not good to look at that screen, right? And so I actually just about a month ago, uh, and I also didn't, I didn't want to turn on the light and bother Dave's sleep. So I I um, bought myself a, a pen, just like my mom had bought my dad with a light on the bottom. So I keep a, a, a pen with light. So just for that purpose, so you can wake up in the night, get it out of your head, and then you go back to sleep. And in the morning, you can... Look at it with a little more clarity, perhaps, but also know you haven't woken up the whole house by turning the lights on. <laughs> yeah.
1: And I and tell tell me a little bit about like the upbringing of your children because I know you mentioned you have uh, three children and they basically during that that stage of growth um, building tr- Toronto sports uh, and social club, like what how how did you do it all like
0: Yeah. Okay. So um, well, first of all, so in in nineteen ninety. When I started the Sport & Social Club in 1996, um, I was dating Guy Rawl, who a year later became my husband, um, and then also became my business partner. So, Rawl and I built the Sport & Social Club together from the get-go. Um, we got divorced, I think in about 2012, but we're still business partners and friends. Um, in between 2000 and 2004, we had three children. And so he and I were a great team. We used to really, you know, whoever, if someone had an important meeting, the other person would be the first one home to take care of the kids and get dinners ready and that kind of thing. We really played off of each other well that way. Um, and in terms of, and, and now, um, my new partner, uh, Dave and I, we have three, we each have our own three kids. We're a Brady bunch. And his last name is literally Brady. We're literally the Brady bunch, three, three girls, three boys. Um, and, um, so I, I call them my three bonus kids. Um, And but I'm always I think I drive the kids a bit crazy because I'm constantly like, you know, they're teenagers and they all have they need summer jobs. And so I'm constantly like, hey, you should do this as a business. Have you thought about trying this? And um, I will say my three kids have actually each they've each run their own businesses of some sort. Uh, Cassidy's um, 20 now, but as a 12 year old, she started a dance camp at the ski club that we were at. So so after ski lessons were done, she would take a group of kids and teach them dances. And so the parents could go have a drink in the bar and she'd have 30 little kids that she'd teach dancing in the brown bag lunchroom. She did that for about five years and made great money for herself over the March breaks and Christmas camps um, and loved doing it. And the kids loved um, having her do it. Andy, who's 18 and in first year business school at Miguel right now, uh, last summer, she ran a little, um, a, a grocery delivery service because it was hard to get a job last year with COVID happening. Um, so she ran a grocery delivery service for all the cottagers in our in our area. And I think she learned a lot from doing that, built herself a website and, um, you know, marketed it and got, got clients. Um, so she would run into town so people could stay at the beach and get their groceries for them. And then my son, Dax, uh, who's 16 going into, he's in grade 11 right now. He also ran a little business last summer. Um, The summer camp at our cottage was canceled. So kids couldn't go to summer camp. So he organized uh, a group of, he would take up to six kids at a time. And he ran a little sports and adventure camp every day for about three hours every afternoon. And he'd take the kids on hikes and he'd um, play, build sandcastles with them. He'd take them on scavenger hunts, play sports with them. Um, So it was amazing. Parents were so excited to again, get the kids, out of the house away like out playing it was a great opportunity for Dax and so they've all had a little taste of um what it's like to run their own businesses it'll be really interesting to see if any of them choose to run their own businesses later in life but I'm excited that they've all had a little taste of it um and they there's no end of discussion around it because I just can't help myself I talk about it all the time (laughs) and they've also every single one of them actually has worked at sport and social club. They've all, uh, Cassidy was trained as a customer service, uh, reps. She worked for us for, I don't know, from the age of my kids, when they were from the rule was once you're turned 12, if you have a PA day, you don't get to stay home and watch TV. You come to work. It's a family business and you come and work. And so, They've all done a lot of work at the Sport and Social Club. Um, Casty did customer service. Andy was worked operations and learned how to do scheduling and stuff. And Dax, actually, he was a league ambassador with our Sport and Social Leagues. He, he used to run floor hockey games. Um, but then when the pandemic hit... He's now a jam host. So he hosts some of our remote events and he's amazing. He's really engaging online and people love him. So it's really been fun to see the kids. They've all had a taste of working in the family business, they've all had a taste of running their own little businesses. Um, so we'll see how, we'll see where they end up.
1: That's amazing. And I think understanding like being the parent and the lifestyle that you kind of built. In this business allows for it right allows yeah. for the opportunity to harvest people like that you love and want to support to gain get exposure yeah learn from it not a lot of businesses allow for that especially if you're a professional service right like yeah, yeah. there's a skill set that needs to be evolved around like the actual technical skill yeah um, versus the business as you've built. And a lot of people can only imagine and dream of something like what you've built. It's amazing.
0: Thank you. Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty grateful for the, the ability to get up every day and push play. Um, I'm, I'm pretty grateful for that, for sure.
1: Um, a couple of questions regarding like mistakes and challenges. Um, were there many setbacks over the years? What were some of the major ones and how did you overcome them?
0: Oh, goodness. Um, you know, the life of an entrepreneur, there's it's ups and downs every step of the way, right? Um over over twenty five years of building sport and social club, um, I mean, the most major setback is is this pandemic without a doubt. it's just been it's rocked us to our core. I, I mean, I was thinking we were pretty diversified by being in nine different cities. I didn't think I'd never in a million years would I've imagined I needed to diversify against a global pandemic. I just never could have envisioned that. Um, I didn't ever think people would have to stop playing softball. You know, I just, um, it's hard to, still kind of hard to fathom, isn't it? Um, So for sure this past year has been extremely challenging. Um, I, I can't think of any clear cut examples though, but there were many, many, days and weeks of stress here and there with sport and social. And I think, you know, I'm certain we made mistakes along the way. Lots, lots and lots of them. I think the key has been always, let's not beat ourselves up over our mistakes. And I've never, you know, I've had employees make very costly mistakes before. I would never fire an employee because of a costly mistake. I would, however, want to ensure that they would never repeat that mistake, right? Let's learn from our mistakes. I think, as you as you mentioned earlier, it's so important to recognize making mistakes that's okay it's normal and it's healthy as long as we learn from them um now this past year we didn't make a mistake the pandemic
1: was, was brought up out
0: of our control right um we didn't make a bad business decision so it's been challenging because it's hard to it's hard to be told by our government you're not allowed to operate your business but we're also not going to give you enough money to cover your costs and um, good luck. <laughs> That's been a really challenging, challenging for a lot of small businesses out there. Um, you think of all the gyms and health clubs and restaurants and family businesses, retail shops that are being mandated to close. Um, it's, it's challenging and frustrating for sure. Um, and yet here we are. And so I'm incredibly proud of my team that we were able to find a way to pivot and create this whole new business of workplayjam.com um, to, to be able to get this people jamming and connecting through play in a whole new way. Um, and to, to now know we've got a whole new business stream, revenue stream. We really are a lot more diversified now um, going into the future. We have a B2B business that's globally focused, that's virtual uh, and we have a B2C business that's geographically focused, that's in person, both with the core purpose of connection through play. So um, I think we have learned a lot from our experiences and and we'll keep learning as we go. Every single day is a new, li- new life lessons being learned.
1: Yeah, I love the fact that, you know, just allowing to help you others evolve, right? Making mistakes is a part of life. Um, absolutely how do you learn from how do you pick yourself up how do you grow and hopefully it does it's not detrimental to your business right
0: yeah exactly Um,
1: and these setbacks like this pandemic no one could have forecasted the like travel tourism industries I deal with a lot of small business owners and a lot of them been impacted Um, but fortunately digital is still you know a, a part of their business and a lot of them can elevate in that sense as well yeah
0: it's I feel really you know the travel industry it's if, if you're in a travel industry it's crushing it's been crushing for them and um same with um live events like that's going to yeah, be
1: corporate live events weddings it's
0: going to be longer coming back right and so um I do believe when people are allowed I mean I'm really hoping that by this spring we're able to get people outdoors playing because hey, if you're the rules in the red zone right now, are you can have 25 people in your backyard for a keg party, but you're not allowed to have those same people cross the street and play softball, bit of a problem with that. So I'm hoping that we're going to get that changed. Um, so we can get people because people need physical activity, they need it for their mental and physical health. Um, so I'm hoping that by spring, we'll get people playing outdoors safely in a physically distanced way. And, uh, and where we're not able to be physically distanced wearing masks, you know, I think we'll be able to we'll be able to hopefully get that happening sooner than later, because um, it's an important service we're providing people.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, just the last couple questions, Christy, it's been such a pleasure to get to know you more. Um, what what drives you today? Like what, what are your clear goals? Because it seems like you pivoted last year, you're now um, doing this B2B space. Um, and B2C has always been the key driver in your your play message, right? Um, what what does legacy look like for you?
0: I, I'm so driven by the idea of getting a million people playing. Um, and and I used to think it was going to be a million people playing team sports. It's not. It's going to be a million people playing and connecting through play, whether it's team sports or playing you know, survey says or name that tune bingo or whatever other game we're offering them online. It doesn't have to be soccer. It can be any of the above. It's just connecting through play. I'm so driven to get a, to know that we're positively impacting the lives of a million people every year. That is what I wanna be able to say. Um, I want people to remember me as that's the girl that pushed play. That's the girl that got us connecting through play um, because, of, because of what she and her team are doing you know, we had laughs. I connected with laughs. I connected with fun. I, I smiled. I had a better day because of those experiences that, um, sport and social group and jam are providing. That's the legacy I'd like to be known for.
1: That's amazing. And, you know, me with a a younger son, um, I spent like, as a parent, you understand like everything you're doing is about them right it's about like having a better future for them training sure. them while all, all the core values and habits and all that stuff I play all day long when he's home okay. and that's the most important thing about life right like that smile that the time that you have to enjoy one another right that's and, what
0: makes memories right it's exactly it's having having time. You don't remember, you're not going to sit back and think, oh, wasn't that an amazing business meeting we had? But you will remember, remember that time when we did when we did the luncheon and laugh and we had the scavenger hunt and Sam came running back wearing that crazy superhero costume. Like that's the things that people remember is when they play and connect with laughs.
1: And there's two things I value the most in life. It's relationships and experiences. Yeah. And those two things alone will make and break everyone's lives, right? Agree. And
0: totally agree.
1: If you don't live with good people that surround yourself in community or sports or whatever it is, like job, family, friends, find people that resonate with you. Find things that are connecting in different aspects. Like, you seem so upbeat, it's amazing. And I'm glad that at least we're connected. I,
0: love it. I, I agree. Thanks, John. I really appreciate having you having me on to chat and, and share some of the stuff. And the one thing I will, I will just want to add on to what you just said, the idea of um, relationships and experiences. I couldn't agree more. And what something that happened with the early, when we um, the early advent of, of jam uh, last summer, when we had a client who had so much fun. We ran their company picnic for them. It was, it was online. We did family scavenger hunts and we got all, you know, adults and kids all, uh, experiencing it together. And they had so much fun. They called us the next day. They said, we are a B2B business. We often send baskets to our corporate clients as gifts. We're wondering, can we send them a gift certificate for a jam event? Because we'd like to give them the gift of this experience that we just had. And we were like, oh my gosh, yes, that's brilliant. And so that's become a thing now. We're, we're um, A lot of people are starting to think of us as an offer, as a a, a gift, When you have a corporate client what a great gift to give the gift of experience right it's not a super expensive offering that we have um so people can give the gift of play to their clients which is super it was a really awakening moment when when i heard this client wanting to do that it's been amazing to to think that it's another
1: revenue stream right
0: yeah (laughs) it's just just more events and getting it helping more people connect to play
1: it's amplifying your message for sure yeah Uh, with positive experiences, right? Like this is what I I deal with so many business owners. And for me, it's more about like, just understanding the value of like what you're offering, but the people you're impacting more so and the value you're bringing to these people. And if you can really give them a really good experience along the way, they're going to be with you for a very, very long time. So customer service is great. Understanding the value that you bring and continue doing improving right continue getting better and
0: yeah listen to your customer right
1: exactly all these things are so important absolutely so last question um aside from business i know we've been talking about business and we talked about family a lot um is there anything that we're missing in terms of what modes you as a human
0: um honestly like i didn't really clue into this until about five years ago when I looked back at what makes me who I am or what's my, you know, people say, what's your superpower? What's your, what's your secret sauce? Um, I'm all about, I've realized like in high school, I started the social committee that didn't exist. um, And I led that and ran scavenger hunts and um, car rallies and stuff for people in, in high school. I've always been the social convener of my friends. I'm always the one saying, let's get together and do this. And I've realized I'm all about sport and social club, jam, uh, and, and even my community musical theater, I'm all about connecting through play. That's what I live and breathe. I just naturally i am drawn to doing that. Um, and, I mean, aside from that, I'm, I'm a really active person. I love making time for adventure. I love to travel, so I'm really missing the travel right now. I'm excited to get traveling again. And, um, you know, just love to be active, be, you know, whether it's doing Peloton workouts or yoga or um Playing, throwing frisbee with my kids um, and playing guitar. That's my little meditative practice. I, I'm not very good, but I love to play guitar and belt, my, belt out tunes, like sing by myself and, and entertain myself that way is a little bit, little bit of how I spend my time.
1: That's amazing. I love how you're living life, right? With purpose. And that's what life is about, right? Like take control of it, do something that you love, be passionate doing it and surround yourself with people that, Support your cause, right?
0: Totally. Yeah. I. I. Someone. I think. What was that? There's a quote, and I forget how it goes. But. But you know, I'll sleep when I'm dead. Basically, there's too much, too much living to do right now. And as George Bernard Shaw, my favorite quote ever is George Bernard Shaw saying, "We don't, we don't stop playing because we grow old. We grow old because we stop playing." So I just never want to stop playing. Sounds like you. You're similar. So I love the hearing that you're playing with your son. and I love seeing that you have a basketball photo behind you. That's awesome. <laughs> um, it sounds like you, you embrace play in your life, which is so fantastic.
1: Yes, I definitely do. Well, thanks a lot, Christy. So, how do some of the listeners get a hold of you, reach out to you if they have any questions, or uh, check you out online?
0: Um, I'm on LinkedIn, Christy Harold, K R I S T I, Harold H E R O L D. I'm on LinkedIn and um, Instagram, uh, Christy Harold Christy underscore. And then uh, workplayjam.com is the best way to learn more about the really fun events we have that can connect corporate teams through play. Um, there's so many different offerings with our amazing hosts that will will keep people laughing. Laughter is guaranteed. That's uh, we have a money back guarantee. If you don't laugh, you got you're getting your money back. So
1: that's awesome. Well, thanks a lot, Christy. It's been my pleasure to have you. you. I had a lot of fun.
0: Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. Take care. you for listening to our latest podcast. Please subscribe to local SEO today and tune in to our next episode.